All right. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Affable Chat Off Script. And uh, these are going to be the episodes of Affable Chat that aren't about movies, hence the name Off Script. Very, very creative. I know. It took me like a month to think of that name. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Affable Chat Off Script. Uh, we're not going to be talking about movies here. Um, we still are obviously going to be making those episodes about movies the normal affable chat episodes will continue as uh regularly scheduled um we didn't do one yesterday because i was sick with the flu but uh, i'm feeling better today surprisingly uh we'll get into that but uh yeah so affable chat off script is going to be episodes that are about other stuff whatever we feel like making it about sometimes it'll just be me sometimes it'll be me and joey sometimes it'll be me and somebody else and maybe joey and you know whatever it's there's no rules there's no rules uh we're just gonna make them whatever we want and uh that's the other rules we're just not gonna be like a regularly scheduled thing for this um unlike normal apple chat which is weekly or as weekly as we can possibly make it uh we try our best with that um but part of the reason why we wanted to do something like this off script is because it's kind of hard to listen to every single episode of Affable Chat because um, you have to watch a lot of movies or you have to at least have seen a lot of movies because we definitely intend for you to have seen the movie before you listen to any episodes of Affable Chat because we, it's first off, it's full of spoilers. And second off, we come at it from an angle where... We're not going to introduce you to the characters or explain the plot to you, right? You uh, you basically need to have seen the movie to understand what we're talking about. So uh, that won't be the case for these. So have I have I explained enough? Does that make sense? Okay, let's talk about stuff that's not movie stuff. Um, I'm in uh, Detroit right now, the Motor City. I'm uh, out of town for work. And um, <laughs> when I told people I was going to Detroit, they're like, hey, make sure you buy a taser. <laughs> make sure you bring a, uh, a weapon with you, which I was like, okay, dude, chill out, you know, but uh, maybe they're kind of right. I don't know. When I got here, it, it's, it's been a little bit scary. The streets have been a little bit scary, um, partially because it's been snowy and I've had to drive in the snow. That's scary on its own, uh, but also just extra scary because downtown Detroit, it's a little, it's a little seedy little bit seedy. My, uh, the hotel I'm staying in is like a historic hotel. Uh, it's a historic luxury hotel, which means that it was a, <laughs> it was a luxury hotel at some point in history. Um, uh, I think this, this point was, I think this, uh, this was truly indicated to me when I walked into my hotel room and my window that overlooks, uh, a Detroit street had this, a big old crack through it. And I'm like, Oh, Okay, uh, that makes sense. You know, at this point, I would be surprised if there wasn't a big old crack in my window. And uh, if I had to describe this hotel, it has kind of a, uh, it has kind of a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror feel to it. Um, like I felt like I saw the ghost of Steve Gutenberg in the uh, in the lobby when I was bringing my bags up. It's, uh, you know, like. This place looks like it was, uh, <laughs> I was describing it as somebody else. This place looks like it was, it, it's not haunted anymore. It, this place looks like it was haunted, but then the ghosts were like, mm, we should probably leave for a better city. <laughs> we'll go haunt some, somewhere else, you know? We've been here long enough. We'll go somewhere a little more modern. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, it's not that bad. It's, uh, it's fine. I've got 
Wi-Fi, so I'll be able to upload this podcast. So modern enough, right? Um, but yeah, it's the Motor City. So if you hear any sort of noise in the background, it's probably the motors outside. Um, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I know it's it's the Motor City because of all the car manufacturing here. But can you imagine if that was like a uh, like a regulation they had here? They're like everything here strictly motor powered not no other sources of energy so like you got to be burning fossil fuels and you got to have a motor like <laughs> like you've got a like your tv you have a motorized television like when you want to crank the tv and like and it's making that noise the whole time so you're like hey change it to channel seven just constantly in the background and then you go into the bathroom and you you're going to brush your teeth and you're like using an electric toothbrush but it's not electric it's motorized so you have a tiny and all these are cranks obviously you have to I have no idea how this sounds to the mic. And you're you're brushing your teeth with your motorized uh, toothbrush, and then uh, and then you 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 sit down after you finish brushing your teeth, and you have a number two, and uh, you get done, you know, and you you use your toilet paper, not motorized, because there's no power in toilet papers, anyways. But you go to flush the toilet. <laughs> crank the toilet get it started up rev it up so you can flush it down ah the motor city is no place finer than detroit i'll tell you that um it's actually crazy dude there's snow plows up here and for anybody who lives up north or is listening to this in a you know a place that has snow you're probably thinking that's pretty unremarkable but i'm from the south <laughs> I'm, I'm from the south y'all and uh not used to seeing snow plows i think I think the uh, state of Oklahoma has something like six snowplows total, and it's like three in Tulsa and three in OKC or something like that. Uh, I don't even know for sure, but it's like some ridiculously low number. But there's dudes like whose their whole job is to just push the snow around. And uh, I mean, that's got to be such a tough job because you finish the day, you're like, dang, I really... I really plowed that snow today. I really gave it to that. <laughs> I really gave it to the snow today. And then, uh, and that, and then the next day, you're like, "Well, time to do it all over again." You know. I, honestly, that's probably <laughs> pretty similar for a lot of jobs, doing the same thing every day. Um, but it's crazy. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm totally inexperienced at driving in the snow, and uh, it's freaking bumper cars up here, dude. Like, there, it's a regular part of driving that you're going to be out there and it's like oh the road is at ice now oh okay okay like <laughs> i was driving to work today and uh the gps took me a weird way like i was supposed to stay on main roads most of the way and, and now i know how to stay on the main roads but the gps was trying to take me through a shortcut and the gps didn't know it's it had snowed and uh it took me like through this suburban area where the snow plows didn't go and I knew it. I knew it. as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, I'm screwed. Everything is snow right now. So the GPS was like, okay, turn right up here. And luckily there's nobody around me. But like I was just driving. I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn right here. And I gently apply the brakes. And then you know that, how that feels when you get the anti-lock brakes? Like, you know, and uh, I just kept going. You know, I was like, oh. I'm turning up. Oh, mind. I'm not turning, I guess. And I just kept going. So luckily <laughs> the, uh, the turn I was like, I, I could still keep going on a, on a turn later on, but, um, 
losing control uh, while you're at the wheel is absolutely terrifying. And um, that's just a part of life up here. Maybe it's not a part of life. Maybe other people are better at driving. I'm sure people are better at driving up here. Um, but I don't think that you can totally avoid sliding around on the icy roads. And it's just it's a terrifying part of life uh, living up north. So uh, my hat goes off to you people who, you crazy people who are able to, to live in the, in these kind of places because whoo <laughs> it's uh it's something else also i went to turn on the tap cuz i was try- you know i'm thirsty that's not even a you know i don't think it's too much to ask to drink some water and, and guess what color the water uh is okay i'll give you a chance think of a color if you guessed orange <laughs> you were right the water was orange oh <laughs> Get, okay, if you're going to have water come out of your sink, don't have it be orange. Okay, that's rule number one. Don't have your water be orange. Um, and, of course, they couldn't follow that rule. So uh, I went to the grocery store today after work, and I brought home, like, 12 gallons of water. Actually, yeah, I think it is 12 gallons of water. I've got a stack of it over there on the side of my hotel room because uh, that's the only water I can drink. And uh, staying hydrated, very important, very important for your skin, and also very important for me as I'm recovering from the flu, which, dude, the flu sucks so bad. Did you guys get your flu shots? I got my flu shot. I still got the flu, which is a debate. I've always heard that debate. People are like, oh, you know, I don't want to get the flu shot because that'll guarantee that I'll get the flu. And other people are like, I always get the flu shot and I've never gotten the flu. Um, And everyone thinks that their own anecdotal evidence trumps everyone else's anecdotal evidence. I pretty much always get the, uh, the flu shot this year. I got it late. I got it in January because my mom was like, you haven't gotten a flu shot. Go get a flu shot. And I, uh, I still got the flu. It's my first time ever getting the flu actually. And it, uh, it sucked really bad, but what I didn't know, uh, which I probably should have known, wasn't paying attention in class, in science class, uh, was that getting the flu shot not only helps prevent you from getting the flu, but it helps you recover from the flu more quickly. Oh, excuse me, water burp from all that water I've been drinking. Um, yeah, so when you have the... So having the flu shot helps you recover quick, faster. Um, I still had to go to the doctor and they gave me these like pills. It wasn't Tamiflu or I don't know. Everyone I've been telling about the flu, they're like, was it this? And I was like, no, it wasn't that. It was actually some sort of like sample medication. And they were like, yeah, it's free. It's just a sample they sent us. Just take these two pills. I was like, oh, that sounds safe. And, uh, but it worked like a miracle, like suspiciously well. Like I, uh, I, I had the flu really bad on Saturday and on Sunday. It's why we didn't record a episode of affable chat this week. And then, uh, Monday morning, I'm like a new man. I'm like, where'd the flu go? You know, I'm not, I didn't really ask that cause I don't want to know wherever it went. I'm fine. I'm fine. See ya, you know, have fun in the, in the motor city, but it, it felt like when in the office, when Michael grills his foot on the George Foreman grill and he's having a, he's really crabby cause it hurts. And then Ryan crushes a bunch of painkillers into his pudding and Michael has a miraculous recovery. That's honestly how I felt. I was like, yeah, this is nice. But also like, what's going on here? You know, am I, <laughs> am I being Michael Scotted right now? Did I, did I, did somebody slip something into my, I was already on a bunch of painkillers. 
anyways, you're supposed to take painkillers to deal with like your fever and your aches and pains and stuff, but miraculous recovery. And, uh, I think what it, I think what it comes down to is just, I, uh, you know, my superior, uh, genes definitely. And, uh, my can do uh, attitude and my, uh, uh, never give upsmanship, uh, is definitely, nev- that one definitely came into, <laughs> came into effect for sure. Um, but yeah, dude, the flu sucks. Hopefully, hopefully none of you guys get the flu, get the flu shot. I recommend it now that I've had the flu. Um, and I think that it helped me recover faster. I'm gonna keep getting the flu. Um, Keep, no, I'm not going to keep getting the flu. I'm going to keep getting the flu shot because uh, if I get the flu again, I want it to be over quickly uh, and, you know, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah. Oh, um, we, have an, we have a YouTube channel, by the way. We don't really plug this very much on our normal episodes. We probably should. But uh, Joey and I have been doing Affable Chat for a, a year now, and... It's been great. At this point, it's it's crazy how routine it's gotten. Um, th- like how easy it is for us to watch a movie, you know, reflect on it, write about it, research it, and then sit down and record an episode every week, you know, with all the other stuff going on in both of our lives. But uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, we've decided to add to our workload by starting a YouTube channel, which is something we did in January. And we've gone, so what we're kind of doing is like passing the responsibility of making a video back and forth. So like Joey made a video, I made a video, Joey made a video and so on and so forth. So, um, you can find us, just search affable chat or just look at our Twitter account because we're, uh, (laughs) we're tweeting out the links to them. I, I recently made a 20 minute video about chiropractic uh doctors that make youtube videos it's it's actually kind of bizarre um it all started because i'm i'm kind of an asmr fan um which if you don't know what asmr fan asmr is i'll make this quick <laughs> but anyways it's a uh it, like asmr there's like certain sounds and uh motions and and speech patterns that are really satisfying to certain people, people who are triggered by ASMR, triggered in a good way. And uh, so people seek out these videos and chiropractors have found out that there's an audience for people that want to hear people crack joints. Let me see if I can get one right quick. Oh. A couple of good ones right there from my hands. So what they do is they'll have patients come in just like, you know, doing their normal chiropractic stuff, but then they'll film it and um, put it on YouTube so that people can watch and hear those satisfying cracks uh, and also just learn more about chiropractic. These people like explain what they're doing and why their methods are better and all that stuff. Um, Anyways, I made a 20 minute video breaking down kind of my experience with the YouTube chiropractic community because there's there is a community and they interact with each other and it's really cool. Uh, So I encourage you to check that out, especially if you're into ASMR uh, because it's just like another branch of ASMR really. Um, although I wouldn't consider really my video that I made to be a ASMR video. It's more of a video about a subculture of ASMR. I'm getting too nuanced <laughs> in my description of my video. Just go watch it uh, if you want. You know, if you want to see uh, Joey and I's faces as opposed to just hearing our uh, our voices. Um, but, you know, 
any amount of our stuff you listen to is great. So I appreciate you for listening to this right now. Okay, let's see what else we got. I've got a list of like topics here. This is we're 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 going into new territory here on the on uh, affable chat because normally it's really easy to talk to figure out things to talk about because we're talking about a movie and there's tons of stuff in most movies. Certainly, the movies we choose to talk about on the podcast uh, that take up as much time as we need. But uh, you know, here I got to think of my own things to say. So I'm. Uh, so another thing that I do <laughs> is I have a book club with my coworkers um, in Oklahoma, and we read books uh, roughly every month, a little less frequently than that. Um, since I organize it, I usually try to make it, you know, give myself enough time to read these books because they're, uh, you know, reading books is, is t- kind of time, of kind consuming. Wow. Kind of time consuming. And, uh, but it's great, dude. Reading books is great. Growing up, dude, I felt like it was like reading books was like um it was like exercise almost, you know? It was like my mom used to take me to the library every week and she was like, "Okay, go get a book. Go get an AR points book and read it. And then this time next week we're going to come in. You're going to take your AR test on the computer and then you're going to pick out another book." And I just do that every week, all summer, reading all summer. So what that made me good at was dividing large numbers by seven because I'd have to (laughs) figure out how I was going to read this book in a week. Um, But it also made me not really enjoy reading as much as feel like it was like a task, you know? Um, I mean, it was like read the book, like memorize or at least remember the stuff that happened long enough that when they ask me about it on the AR test, I can tell them and then flush it out of your brain. I feel like a lot of like American public education is like that, at least in South Carolina. Um, but now I'm reading in a way that I really enjoy. Um, you know, I wonder if you could like come up with competitive reading, you know, have like kids sit down and like read something as fast as they can and then have to like answer questions about it to see who's the best reader like you'd uh but you'd have to come up with something that's like you'd have to have things that they'd never read before you know you'd have to come up with original books or or like original texts that they uh that they'd never read before uh that you that you wrote really so like the the competitive body would have to script original text for them to read uh that way that you could be sure none of the competitors have ever read it before that'd be cheating right that'd be uh you know if you had prior knowledge of the book you'd have to have you guys ever seen those uh those things on twitter where it's like we let and like artificial intelligence read or like watch 10 seasons of the big bang theory and then we asked it to write a script you know and it's uh it's like you know uh penny why are you why don't you get science and she's like science is for nerds he's like oh penny nerds are candy bazoopers Oh man, that was terrible. But that's the kind of stuff they would have to, they'd have to read some sort of original text. They'd be like, okay, competitor number one, what was the, what did Penny call Sheldon? I think these are the names of the characters in Big Bang Theory. What did Penny call Sheldon? 
in uh, when he was asking her about science, and they'd be like, uh, bazoopers. <laughs> oh man, you'd have to. You'd have to add speed reading into that too. You know, you'd have to be able to read it as fast as possible. You know, like no, dude, you'd have to get a hair dryer and have like the book in front of you and read that fast. You guys ever seen the movie Short Circuit where the robot reads books? It's like it's like going right by, but they read it anyways, and then they're like, uh, "Okay, what was the third paragraph in chapter four? The Zoopers." <laughs> Oh man, but honestly though, that's what it felt like. So, um, where was I going with this book club? Yes. God, this is a mess. Um, it's book club has been a, uh, a fresh of breath air uh, for reading in my life because now instead of, I mean, I'm still reading with a time limit. So, uh, there is still is that, that aspect of like, all right, get it done. You know, like I have to read as opposed to like, I'm going to reach for the book. But at this point in my life, I know that I'm not just going to reach for a book. Um, there's too much good TV to watch. There's too many good movies to watch and then make subsequently make podcasts about too many good video games to play. You know, there's too many sources of entertainment out there and reading just takes too much effort for me to really just say, this is the one I want to do over all of those. But that doesn't mean that reading isn't worth it. And, and having a book club, a monthly group of people who have agreed that we're all going to read the same book and then talk about it, um, it, it is worth your time to invest in a book. Like, uh, and, and that's really the thing that I like the most about book club is the conversation that we have afterwards. I mean, the book's great too. You can't have the conversation without having the book. But um, the worst thing is when you, and I think I've said this on Apple Chat before, it's like when you read a book, and uh, you really enjoy it, you know, and then you you go the rest of your life without ever meeting anyone who's ever read it ever again or ever at any point. So you're like, great, you know, I love this character, but any references I make to this book, this universe are wasted on 99.9% of the population or at least 99.9% of the people that I interact with in my life. So what's the point, you know? And maybe that's just my viewpoint. Maybe you can read a book and enjoy it for what it is, and that's it. But for me, I got to be able to talk to talk to people about it. Um, as evidenced by this podcast, I, I like to talk to people about the stuff that I uh, enjoy. So it's not uh, so having the book club has been great because you read about the book, you sit down, and you're like, "Hey, this is the stuff that I got from the book." And then they're like, "Hey, nice." Uh, <laughs> um here's what I got from the book. And then you exchange ideas and have a meaningful and satisfying conversation. Um, that's all great. And I really enjoy that. But actually the best part of being in a book club um, and leading book club, because I am the leader of this book club and I, I always remind people that. But the best part of being in the book club is telling people that you're in a book club because by definition, that makes you better than them unless they're in their own book club, and which means that you're equal to them. Uh, but it is very pretentious and I love it. So, uh, it's very classy. Probably the h highest class thing that I do, uh, is be in book club. Uh, cause we also, we meet at a, like a, a tea place, a place that specializes in tea. So yes, it's, it's one of those places and we're regulars there because we've been doing this book club for over a year now. So when we show up, they're like, Oh, is it book club night? You know, which I, I always respond. That's a silly question. Of course, it's book club night. You know, you know this. You know this. You know we're regulars there at this point. Um, so 
that is cool. I do like uh, I do like being in book club. I like reading books on occasion. Right now, we're reading Them by uh, Doctor Ben Sass, which I think he's he's either a congressman or a senator. I think he's a senator from Nebraska, and it's his. He's like analyzing the division of the uh, the people in the United States, kind of the. Uh, you know, we have a lot of partisanship here and he gives us his uh prognosis is that what does prognosis even mean i want to say prognosis is like your cure or like your idea for the cure um i'm gonna look it up now prognosis um the likely course of a disease or ailment the likely course what does that mean Oh, a forecast of the likely course. Okay, so no. He doesn't give us his prognosis. He gives us his uh, solution, really, for the uh, division in America. I'm really, I'm really excited to hear what Dr. Ben Sass uh, has to say about this. Just based on his first name alone, I can tell this guy's going to be really insightful, um, really easy to listen to because I, I got it on Audible. So um, obviously, with a first name like that, his voice is going to be fantastic. It's going to be great to listen to. Probably, I'll listen to it many times even, probably, uh, just based on that first name alone. Uh, so yeah, really excited about that. It's great. I... Uh, if you had told high school Benji boy, young high school Benji boy, that he was eventually going to be in a book in a book club voluntarily, uh, he probably would have told you that was a crazy idea. But uh, it's not crazy; it's uh, reality, and uh, that's just how it is. So I am enjoying, I am enjoying that. Uh, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how long I want to make these these episodes. Uh, this is the first one. Still kind of, <laughs> if you can't tell at this point, still trying to figure out exactly what I want to do with this. Um, so I think I might give it a, uh, oh, oh, actually, no, no, no. One more thing I want to talk about is uh, William Shakespeare. As long as we're talking about things that high school Benji boy would not expect. Um, so I live in the Paseo Arts District, okay? I'm so, I'm starting to feel um, way more pretentious the more I talk about my own life because I do live in the Arts District uh, or one of the Arts District in Oklahoma City. Um, there's kind of two Arts Districts. There's the Paseo Arts District and the Arts District. Um, hey, how many times is this guy going to say Arts District? <laughs> but the Arts District is in downtown. It's like right next to the business district. And they only call it the Arts District because it has the art museum and the Civic Center, which is where like the plays happen, like theater. Um, that's not really a, that artsy of a district, really. Um, it's kind of a ghost town. Uh, there's sidewalks. You can walk a lot around, but there's nothing really there. The Paseo Arts District is much smaller, but it's way more condensed and it's got real artists, okay? It's got real artists. Um, as I mentioned in our whiplash episode of the podcast, my neighbor plays the French horn very loud, very loud that I can hear it all the time. So yeah, I would say I live in the arts district, but there's also just like galleries and, uh, like art workshops, places where you can take classes. Uh, and they also have Shakespeare in the park. And this is getting back to high school Benji boy, uh, and his expectations being, uh, surprised i don't know that's not a sentence but yeah <laughs> in high school i freaking hated william shakespeare dude i could not i was like william shakespeare's so overrated so overrated 
Are you kidding me? I can't even read half the things this guy writes, and he's supposed to be the greatest author of, like, all time? <laughs> no. I was... Have you... Dude, at that point in my life, I probably would have ranked, like, Junie B. Jones above Romeo and Juliet because I wasn't having it. There, th- these books had to have your own, like, they had to have a translation on the side just to understand it. Terrible. Terrible. Okay? But now in my adulthood, a coworker of mine invited me to go see uh, Twelfth Night at the Shakespeare in the Park troupe. And since it's the winter, they actually don't do it in the park. They do it inside. Uh, they actually call it Shakespeare on the Paseo. And uh, so it was indoors, which is good because it was cold. And they did, I'd never heard of Twelfth Night, uh, but if, you, if you've seen it, if you've heard of it, it's a comedy. And I was, it, I mean, it, it blew my pantaloons off, dude. <laughs> It blew my uh, it, it blew my frilly tutu neck thing that Shakespeare always wears right off, because it was not only was it a uh, compelling story, but it was hilarious and easy to understand. I mean, don't get me wrong; there were plenty of words and phrases in there where I was like, "Huh," <laughs> but for the most part, you could use the context clues to understand what they were going for. They had. Like the the actors who were acting this out, who also, oh, they were, mm, that was a that was a kissing sound I was making. Mm, fantastic! These actors uh, killed it. Uh, like they, I mean, I, I'm always so impressed by live performers because they memorize all these things, not only the words, but also like what they're supposed to be doing on stage, their facial expression, and they have to deal with things going wrong sometimes like there's a part in the play where somebody has a ring and they throw it onto the ground and it looked like it was kind of like a porcelain ring or something which I wouldn't be throwing porcelain on the ground but like you'd expect it freaking shattered on the ground and I you could tell that wasn't supposed to happen but they kept straight faces and they and they went through it and I was impressed Um, but I was impressed by everything it was all really good stuff that they did and uh Anyways, it totally changed my mind about Shakespeare. It was like somebody flipped the switch and I suddenly was like, oh, I take back calling this guy, um, you know, all the things that I called him. I don't think that Junie B. Jones is a better book, even though Junie B. Jones, fantastic literature, some of my favorite from my, from my childhood, uh, shout outs, Junie B. Um, I wonder who wrote those books. It's been a while since I've looked at Junie B. Junie B. Jones. Did you guys read Junie B. Jones? These books were so good. <laughs> Junie B. Jones and the Stupid Smelly Bus. Classic, dude. Ah. Junie B. Jones is not a crook. I remember that one too. Dang, dude. Barbara Park. That's right. God. Okay. Junie B. Jones. Barbara Park and Shakespeare are tied. But... <laughs> <laughs> that just, but Shakespeare has definitely moved up in my book. Um, he's fantastic, and I look forward to seeing more of these Shakespeare in the Park plays. Um, they're, I mean, again, blown away. But uh, okay, I think we're, we're over thirty minutes here. I think that's gonna wrap it up for this first Apple chat off script. Hoping to do more of these. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to bring on some guests. Uh, right now, I'm in Detroit. The Wi-Fi in this hotel is not great, so I'm a little worried about <laughs> making 
just the normal affable chat episodes. We'll see how that goes. Um, but when I get back to Oklahoma City, we'll really push harder on these. We're pushing out good content for y'all. Affable chat going hard in 2019. You know how it is. If you want to support the podcast, I mean, if you've listened to this point, you're a fan of Affable chat. I know. Um, writing us a review on iTunes is the best way you can help us. Uh, just go to the our, our podcast, scroll to the bottom, give us five stars and write something down there. Um, that helps us so much get more exposure, rise on the ranks on iTunes. Um, I mean, that's by far the best thing you could be doing to support the podcast. Um, but you know, listening is also very important. So we appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you getting on here. So, um, yeah. So just to recap, um, <laughs> Junie B. Jones is great and, uh, review the podcast on iTunes. All right, cool. I'm out. I'm done calling it. <laughs>